In an effort to, 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 to try and keep myself a little bit concise this morning, I don't want you st- sitting in the cold too long, um, I, I thought I'd show you my workings, actually. This wasn't planned, but there's a, there's a great speaker, a guy called Andy Stanley, who tries to train preachers like myself. And uh, one tool he uses is he, he, he tries to get you, whenever you're preparing, I'm revealing my working here, and this is training for any one of you that might end up doing a talk. He says, ask um, five simple questions. I'm going to sit with four for this morning. He says, what do they need to know? Why do they need to know it? What do they need to do? Why do they need to do it? And you're preparing a talk. You can see why those um, questions. Now, this, is, this was my workings earlier on this week. So you'll see, I've put up here. Can you? Oh, I need to put my password in. Hang on. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, there we go. So, next one. Okay, there we are. What do they need to know? That the Holy Spirit is really God and he's really good. If you don't remember anything else, just remember what's on this slide this morning, okay? The Holy Spirit is really God and he's really good. That's what you need to know. What, uh, why do you need to know it? Because he's how Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is how Jesus is revealed to us. Verse 3 of our reading says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It's how Jesus is revealed in us. That's to do with the fruit of the Spirit, the character of God being birthed in our lives. It's how Jesus comes more to life in our lives. And it's how Jesus is revealed amongst us. Uh, a key word in our reading today. I think it's verse 7. Have a glance down. Who can spot the word manifest or manifestations in verse 7? Is that the right verse? Uh, anybody give me a definition for manifest or manifestation? What does it mean? Another word? A showing, a revealing. He's just saying, this is how the world will know that the Spirit of God is among you. He will be revealed among you through these things. We want to make sure that the community around here know that we're not just a sort of middle class social club who like whole churches, but actually the power of God is at work here to change lives, to change communities. He's made manifest, he's revealed through these gifts and in other ways in this community. Um, that's why we need to know it um, and understand it. So uh, next bit, um, what do they need to do? We need to eagerly desire the gifts. That phrase comes up three times over the next um, three chapters of Corinthians. It's re- Paul, really, I want you to eagerly eagerly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, we're to receive them and use them for the common good to build up the church. Um, and the last one, why do they need to do it? Because it's how the world will know that this is more than the middle class social club. Um, that, that was, you see, it really is rough sketch. It's like I probably wouldn't have said that normally at all, but that was what I wrote down earlier on this week. Do you see? So this is my working. Um, and um, uh, they're key things that I want us to get this morning. Um, over the road uh, at Turnham Green, uh, some of the liturgy that's going to be said this morning in the baptism service, this is one prayer. Just so we see how absolutely foundational it's made clear in scripture and it's made clear in um, the liturgy on key occasions like this in people's lives, how important the Holy Spirit is. So this is a, a baptism prayer that's going to be said. May God, who has received you by baptism into his church, pour upon you the riches of his grace. That within the company of Christ's pilgrim people, you may be da- daily be renewed by his anointing spirit and come into the inheritance of the saints in glory. Amen. And the confirmation liturgy, even more obvious of the importance of the Holy Spirit. 
Almighty and ever-living God, you have given these your servants new birth in baptism by water and the Spirit, and have forgiven them all their sins. Let your Holy Spirit rest on them. I'm sort of almost practicing to be a bishop here. I'm not, honestly. That's not what's going on. But let your Holy Spirit rest on them. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and inward strength, the Spirit of knowledge and true godliness. And let their delight be in the fear of the Lord. Amen. And then later on, you might remember, Lydia, this was Lydia last year. We had our baptism confirmation service here last year. Um, Lydia was one of those candidates. And it was a moment that she came forward to be prayed for by the bishop. And the bishop laid her hands on her head. I had the privilege of being up there and praying for her as well. You probably all were praying for her. And he lays his hands on the head of each candidate. And he will today. And he says, confirm, O Lord, your servant, Lydia, or Magda, or whoever it is, Francis, with your Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is key, absolutely foundational to the Christian life. Um, He's God and he's amazingly, amazingly good. I want to tell you one story again, which I wasn't planning to tell you, but um, I felt prompted to. Um, Some of you may have heard it before, um, because I do love it. It was was an early stage in my experience of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I wasn't very well acquainted with it at all. When I arrived at a church called Holy Trinity Brompton in London as a student, I didn't really know much about the Holy Spirit. He was, from Sunday school, I knew that he was kind of like, um, he hovered over creation at the start, a bit like a chicken broods over her eggs. So there's a bit of a combination of chicken in there and uh, fire at Pentecost, tongues of fire. I didn't really know that much else. I didn't, I wasn't fear him, I didn't think there was any, but I didn't know that much about the Holy Spirit. And I was gradually um, schooled, learned that he, he was God, he was in the beginning, he's right the way through the Old Testament. Check out our Friday teaching series to hear more about his activity in the Old Testament. That he was with God, he enabled God, to, uh, Jesus, sorry, to do his ministry. He empowered him in the miraculous and authority in preaching the good news of the gospel of peace with God through Jesus Christ. Um, and then he explodes in the New Testament church. And I got used to that. And there was a time I was away on a weekend away. And uh, we were praying for... Um, we were praying for a girl called Jen, and uh, I was just beginning to have the slightest bit of confidence that maybe, maybe, God might want to speak through me. Uh, these words of knowledge or prophecy. I was just beginning to, to get used to maybe having some kind of confidence that I, just me, might hear the voice of God. And as I was praying for this um, girl, we were praying, there's a few of us, gathered around praying for her. She's going through a really tough time. Um, Uh, these words popped into my head and out of nowhere the words after winter spring must come popped into my head after winter spring must come I thought that's a bit bizarre I didn't know what that was to do with so I ignored it I squashed it for a while Uh, carried on letting the professionals pray and then um, but it kept going there and so I thought well I don't think it'll do any harm I'll just give it a go and I said I don't know if this means anything to you but after winter spring must come As soon as I finished saying those words, she just burst into floods of tears. And I thought, what have I done? Um, And God, what are you doing? This is not good. Um, uh, Floods of tears. But it it was actually, it was healing. It was releasing tears. She explained later the most extraordinary thing. Of course, I couldn't possibly have known this. But just before she was born, I think it was her, her, what would have been her grandfather, her mother's dad, died. And uh, when she was born and her mother took her in her arms, the first word she ever spoke over her, because they were in a card from someone who was helping her get over her father's loss, was a card and on the front it said, after winter spring must come. 
The first words she ever spoke over her daughter were, after winter, spring must come. I love you, my darling. I couldn't possibly have known that. Of course I couldn't. But to her, that was life-changing, wasn't it? Wouldn't it have been? She suddenly had no doubt whatsoever. It's not like God just fixed her problems just there and then. But she knew that the God who was there, who created her in her mother's room, who was there the moment she was born, was there in that room right then. Empowered to say, I know you. I love you. I'm here. It's okay. Isn't that extraordinary? It was moments like that where I just thought, wow, I get to have a front row seat to God doing stuff like that in people's lives. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't we all want stuff like that to happen more in our lives through us? Now, I'm not going to say that every time I pray for people, that happens. It doesn't. It's, it's a rare, extraordinary story. But God does speak to us and use us in all sorts of ways. That's one gift that's mentioned here, a message of knowledge, something I can possibly have known from God. I long that we might be released and grow in the gifts. Because when you have stuff like that, what a privilege. We get a front row seat to what God's doing. But also, it tells everybody else, God is amongst us. His spirit is at work. He's alive and well. And um, at work in his church. So we need to increasingly cooperate with the Holy Spirit. But I was asking a few people today, uh, not today, this week, uh, ahead of this, what are some of the common like misconceptions, fears around the Holy Spirit? And I guarantee you there will be um, at least a few people, a handful of people here, who this will be a fear of theirs. There'll be, they might have had some experience of the Holy Spirit in the past, or seeing the gifts of the Holy Spirit used, uh, some of the, the, the gifts that are mentioned here, um, tongues. Hands up if you've uh, heard someone speaking in tongues or praying in tongues because some of you might not have uh, hands up if you've ever seen anybody healed physically we believe you've seen anybody healed physically um, hands up if you've ever had a word of knowledge or like I described or something that yep a few of you here now sometimes when we see God doing stuff by his Holy Spirit um, strange things can happen hands up if you've ever been in church and people have been prayed for at the front or something and you've seen people crying uh, laughing uh, falling over have you seen that? See, it's not just me. Um, it might have happened to you. And I know, because this was my experience when I arrived at HTB, and I'm sure it's true for some of you here, you see that and you think, flip, I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> what on earth's going on up there? And they say, come to the front if you want to be pre- prayed for. You're like, no chance. I'm not going anywhere near that. It looks like carnage. <laughs> Like, what if people see me? Well, no, I'm not. I've got my friends here. There's a girl I fancy over there. What if she sees me, like, laughing or crying or something? No way! I remember thinking exactly those thoughts. Exactly those thoughts. And I think we can fear that that's the kind of thing that will happen. I'm going to show, I'm going to indulge us in a little video clip now, which I think is very funny. Because I think we fear that something like this might happen if we go forward and receive prayer or something. So we've got, we won't watch it all. But. Thank you. Now- I'm, uh, I'm always sort of hunting for the perfect puppet, and I, I need another volunteer. And I wonder if I could, um, if I could borrow you on the end. What's your name? Uh, it's Luke. Luke. Luke, yeah. So what do you do, Luke? I'm a student. You're a student. Excellent. Can we give it up for Luke, please? Come on up. Thank you. Now, um, could you stand on that side of me? So, Luke, I'm just going to give you a slight, uh, a slight makeover with this. Mask here. Take your glasses off. Thank you. And uh, oh, can you see? 
Now, this is just a simple mask. It's going to take the heat off you. Are you comfortable? Oh, yes, I'm loving it. This is classic. Okay. Oh, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> so, um, Luke. Yes, yes. Are you happy to be here? You're okay. Yes, I'm delighted with the way things are going so far. <laughs> okay, good. Yes, in fact, I'm really glad you got me up here. Why is that, Luke? Because I'd like to show you all my dance moves. <laughs> been waiting for an opportunity like this. I think the world is ready to see my dancing. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to dance? Yes, I'm absolutely sure. Because you can sit down anytime you want. I'm not sitting down. Not till I've done my dancing. Because your body, your body language is that's all we're going to have for now. Um, you can find the rest on YouTube later and see whether he does dance or not. And there's another one I recommend you look up. Um, just put in Nina Conti and then Proposal. And uh, you'll see what she does when she has two people up front. You can imagine, probably. But I think part of us sometimes fear that actually we're going to, um, we're going to lose control and it's going to be absolutely embarrassing. And what on earth is going to happen if I go forward? Um, I can assure you that's never happened in my experience of prayer ministry. Nothing like that's ever happened. Now, I, I want to say that there's a balance here because um, uh, God will not, um, God, because he's powerful, sometimes when we open up ourselves to him, we'll do things that we might not expect. But we have to know at the same time as that, that he's so good. That his, his end goal is not to embarrass you, it's to heal you. It's not to make you look silly, it's to equip you for works of love and service. What he has for you is only and always good. Always. And, and for me, um, uh, it took me a little while to go from that kind of screaming voice and like, no way I'm going up there, to, to seeing more and more people that I knew receive premonition. And most of them just had a lovely, peaceful experience. Nothing dramatic happened at all. But I asked them what went on. They said, oh, I've never experienced love like that in my life. I've got this crazy stuff going on. I felt a peace that I can't experience any other way at the moment. Um, people were healed. And I kept seeing these people. I just kept thinking, that sounds a lot like God. It sounds amazing. And I began to get more and more excited about what maybe happened. And then I dared to go forward. And then believe that God might be equipping me as well, that I might. And do you know, I got to the point where if I wasn't there receiving prayer on a Sunday, I was there praying for people because it was just the most extraordinary privilege to see God at work in people's lives. And it was so good. And it was so much fun to see God at work in people's lives. I can't tell you how excited I was um, uh, each Sunday to see God at work. He's powerful. He's God, uh, but he's so, so good. I think for some of us, you see, um, we can... Um it's like we welcome Jesus into our lives. It's like, imagine our lives are this home and we say, Jesus, come in. I recognize what you did for me on the cross. I love you. I thank you for your goodness. I come into my life. And then we say, 
and go under the stairs and lock him in. <laughs> we welcome him to our lives, and then what we do with the Holy Spirit is we say, yeah, go in here and shut away. And you've got that there, but you can't have free reign of the whole of my life and the whole of my house. And we need to understand that, that's, that we can't do that to God. We can't say, come in, but stay over there. We need to let him have the run of the house. Uh, some of you um, might be familiar with the story of the tiger that came to tea. Hands up if you know the story of the tiger who came to tea. If you don't, then just substitute tiger with mother-in-law. Um, and it will probably still work. Um, uh, let me explain. Uh, there's a story, a kid's story of the tiger who came to tea. And the tiger, a tiger arrives at the front door, ding dong, and comes and says, can I come in for tea? And uh, the tiger, of course, being a tiger, is in total charge. Uh, what the tiger wants to do, the tiger does. The tiger has all the tea, the tiger has all the cake. Some of you are thinking mother-in-law here. Um, it, it sort of works. <laughs> um, and um, the point of that story is, I just have to let the tiger do what the tiger wants to do, because he's a tiger. He's clearly in charge of that situation. And uh, in the same way, when we welcome Jesus into our lives, we need to recognise that he's God and that he's good. But we need to let him have reign in our lives. Uh, he's in charge, and we need to let him be in charge. Uh, sometimes, this is when the analogy with the tiger breaks down, sometimes we do try and just shove him and say, you, thank you, and deal with that, but I don't want you in that room. I want to keep this for myself, and over here, that's too dark. I don't want you going anywhere near that. I buried that a long time ago. So you just stay over here. You're very welcome here, but the rest of the house is mine. We can't say that to the Holy Spirit. There are a couple of things um, I wanted to say. Another thing I want to say is the Holy Spirit is for everyone. I have a glance down at your reading again, and uh, to verse 7 of the reading. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To each one. Another big misconception that whether people will admit it or not, but I bet this, uh, this was me again, and I expect all of us have thought this at some point, if you don't now, or you maybe do now, is uh, God might use some people like this, but not me. He might use, you know, Phil and Lydia and Stephanie and whoever else. He might use some people like this, but not me. Either because there's a guilt about something in your life, if you really knew what was going on in my life, then he wouldn't use me. Or because you just don't feel like um, you read your Bible enough. Or whatever else you might... But it, it, not for me. This reading and throughout the New Testament makes it quite clear that that is not the case. I don't expect anyone here to have all of these gifts. But I do expect everyone here who's a child of God to at least have one of these gifts. Because the Bible tells me you will. You should. And the church needs you to have and to exercise that gift. There's a great verse in, um, well, it's Jesus speaking, in Luke chapter 11. Uh, I won't give you the whole story, the whole context, but he says, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There's no qualification there. It's no like, uh, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who've been to theological college, uh, who read their Bible in the year every year, who are really good people? Who will ask him, is what the reading says. Therefore, everyone, 
Um, uh, this isn't a definitive list, by the way. There's four lists of New Testament gifts, of uh, spiritual gifts in the New Testament. That none of them are completely the same. There's obviously some overlap. There's no suggestion that even in those four gifts, all of the gifts that God gives out are encompassed. There may be more. But they're for everyone and they're for the common good. And they're not badges of honour. They're not kind of like, look at me, I'm an amazing Christian, I speak in tongues. Nothing to do with it. They're for the common good. In fact, this was precisely the problem that Paul is trying to address in the Corinthian church. They're very spiritual. They're very spiritual. They're exercising all of these gifts. But they're not doing so in love. Uh, The famous chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, which we'll come on to. uh, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am nothing. I'm about a clanging cymbal. An empty, dull noise. I'm nothing. Uh, And what the Corinthian church had got wrong is they, they got rather puffed up and proud about all these gifts. Look at me. How spiritual I am. He said, no, 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 no. You don't get it at all. Yes, I expect you to eagerly desire all of these gifts, but they're for the common good. And the language that's consistent, they are a gift. A gift is not something we've earned, like a, a raise at work or something. It's nothing we do that earns any of these gifts. They are a gift. We receive them by grace. And they're gifts to give away. Just like every time I get chocolates, remind, Michelle will remind me, they're gifts to give away. Um, these gifts are gifts to give away for the benefit of others, for the common good. They're a gift. I, um, that means there's no place for pride or arrogance in this, only gratitude and thanks. Uh, the gifts are not supposed to point to us, they're supposed to point to him. The power isn't ours, it's his. The love isn't from us, it's from him. It's all meant to point back to Jesus. But we really need them, and we really need to uh, be eagerly desiring them. I love uh, this quote um, uh, from C.S. Lewis's, um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. If you've been here any length of time, you know I love C.S. Lewis anyway. And I was inspired by it afresh because Marilyn has a, a coat that she came in today that looks like it came out of the wardrobe in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, and uh, I, I thought, I'm definitely going to use this quote then when I saw that. Um, in, in that story, Aslan comes uh, to the children... In, in the story as Father Christmas at one point and gives them all gifts but it's really interesting what he says about these gifts he says these are your presents and they are tools not toys these are your presents and they're tools not toys the time to use them is perhaps near bear them well these gifts aren't toys. They're not meant to just, we're not just indulgently just have an experience. They are tools to equip the church to be the church. So that in our life, in our worship, in our daily life outside of church, the Spirit of God is made manifest, is revealed through how we live our lives and through the exercise of these gifts. To build up his church. The time to use them is perhaps near. Bear them well. I'm coming into land. I'm going to stop and we're going to pray. I want to... No, I'm not going to share another story because we're going to make some of our own. Shall we stand? (laughs) Um...
I'm going to pray uh, the most simple and ancient prayer of the church in a moment. Can anybody tell me what that is? Come Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray, come Holy Spirit. And I want us to just hold in mind, um, there'll be some people here who probably uh, in the past have had a a sense that they've they've either been prayed for to receive a spiritual gift or exercise a spiritual gift. Uh, Perhaps they haven't in a while. I'm going to pray that that's renewed. If you're here and you're, you're not a Christian or you're not sure you're a Christian, don't worry at all. There's, there's nothing to be worried about here. It is God and he's good. And you can totally opt out if you want. It's fine. There's table football at the back. Just don't make too much noise. Um, but for the rest of us, 1 Corinthians is quite clear. Eagerly desire. God is so, so good. And he wants in in our lives. And he wants out through these gifts. So let me pray for us. And we'll see what happens. Father in heaven, you know the heart of each and every person here. And I pray that if there are people here who um, you know don't want this or don't want it, then, then Lord, bless them. <laughs> Just pray your blessing on them. That's absolutely fine. But there are people here as well who are hungry. If you're hungry, you might want to put your hands out as if you're going to receive a gift. Just as a sign language, body language, to say, I'm hungry, I want everything that you have for me this morning, God. Lord, you see those hearts. They know you, they love you, they want more of you in their lives. They want to be your church, they want to be equipped for works of love and service. And Lord, you're so good, and you love these, your children. Pour out on us your Holy Spirit now. Come, Holy Spirit.